I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are... The Movie, the movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome... Hello. ...to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In every episode, we start off with the weekend review. What movies and TV shows we've been watching since the last episode. Move on to the main event, which is either a main review or topic of discussion. And then wrap up with film faves, our respective lists of our 12 favorite movies. Often marching back through time, but also about other topics. So in this episode... The main event is Elizabeth Banks, Charlie's Angels, the adaptation of the 70s TV show. And then in film faves, because it's a good idea to every once in a while, get synergetic. So film faves is about <laughs> our favorite female-led action movies, thanks to Charlie's Angels, which is a female-led action movie for sure. So, uh, hopefully this will be a lot of uh, fun and very interesting, but let's start with the week in review. Shanna, you said that you have not watched anything on your own, is that correct? I'm just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sleepy time of the year. You're working, sleeping, working, sleeping. And and maybe just watching Simpsons, you know, yeah. something something that's... You know, I haven't finished a season or something like that, so mm. it's not like I can talk about it. Well, there's a couple things that we watched together, but we'll get to that in a second. First of all, let me talk about well, my week in review and what I have watched on my own. Uh, I saw a movie from this year called Wild Rose. Now, this is an interesting little indie film set in Scotland. It's about a woman who just got out of jail for basically a possession crime, more or less, uh, as I understand it. She got she gets out of prison. She's got two young kids, and she's adjusting to life outside of prison. But the thing is, she has these hopes and dreams of making it as a country music singer. That looked really good. I didn't know you watched it. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you're um, that you thought it looked really good. So the film is directed by Tom Harper, who I'm not terribly familiar with. Apparently, he is best known for a bunch of TV work, uh, British TV work. So he's done like War, War and Peace miniseries. He's done episodes of Peaky Blinders. So and he did like of all things, The Woman in Black Two, Angel of Death, which I think was like it might have been a direct-to-video sequel. And it's written by Nicole Taylor, who's also someone I'm not terribly familiar with. But apparently she uh, wrote a bunch of TV, British TV work as well before doing taking on this film. And the main actress is Jessie Buckley, who plays the, the lead character. She's been in stuff like The Fargo Show, uh, Chernobyl, apparently and Taboo with Tom Hardy, and she also starred in that War and Peace miniseries. Anyway, so it's a small little movie. I feel like if you are a fan of movies like A Star is Born or like movies where someone has a dream, then this is for you. It's mm. not nearly as big and like bombastic, let's say, as A Star is Born is, you know? It is a little more complex emotionally than a movie like that is. 
but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would say though that the movie comes alive when she comes alive, uh, which is when she's singing. Like the the movie has this almost like a very near not flat line, but just like a a straight line of uh, emotional and um, narrative interest, and then. Whenever she's singing and performing, that's when the movie just like sparks to life. So that's when it's best. I'd give the film a 7 out of 10 overall. So it's being praised as one of the best movies of the year. I think it's it probably is like maybe in one of the 20 best, but not like 10 or 5 best for sure. So that's Wild Rose. I do recommend checking it out. I do think people who love those, those down and out dreamer type stories may want to check this one out. The other thing that I have been watching is uh, getting back onto the DC animated movies. I think a couple episodes ago, I started talking about how I've been wanting to go through the DC animated movies. What's the good ones? What's the bad ones? I kind of made a objective list of what are probably the 20 best based on all the, uh, these like best of lists that are on the internet. So what I've been watching from that is first of all i watched green lantern first flight i have seen this like 10 plus years ago i remember it being pretty solid it is pretty solid uh green lantern film the only problem with it is that it does get to be a little bit um punchy in the end and it has some bad cgi there's like in, in the third act it has a lot of punching like there's probably two or three minutes straight of punching that wasn't necessary, you know? Okay. Like, we get the point, you know what I mean? Otherwise, Even it's... Even you just describing it sounds very odd. Really? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, some of these movies can get a little too punchy, you know? Where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like, go ahead and punch you through this and punch you through that. You know, throw this at you. You know, that can get overdone a little bit. Mm-hmm. This That's one of the few flaws of this film. Otherwise, it has a really great cast that includes, like, Michael Madsen and, and, and several other people. And so it's pretty good. I would probably give it, like, a 7 out of 10. If it weren't for the third act and the bad CGI, it would probably be even better. So there's that. And then I watched Superman, Batman, Public Enemies... Which has a reputation as being one of the worst of the DC animated movies. But just like Batman and Harley Quinn, I actually thought this was pretty good. What's cool about it is you have uh, Lex Luthor in power. He's president of the country. And he... that's shocking. It it actually happens in the comics uh, comics at, at one point. You know, I mean, Lex Luthor's all about attaining as much power as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So he becomes president of the country, and he does some sort of thing. Like, he wants to outlaw superheroes for the most part, but he has, like, some except any superhero that wants to work directly for him. And, and he does get some that directly work for him, including Power Girl, who is voiced by Allison, uh, what, uh, Platt? No, Allison Plass from uh smallville is that her name the really really cute girl who uh, apparently was doing a sex ring and has no longer got is that a career the blonde one yeah 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 <gasps> remember sex her ring? remember her all right anyway oh, okay. no, no i don't want to divert looking up that right now i don't want to divert but she's uh she's in it so clearly before all that went down what's cool about the movie is it has like almost every single like main villain you can think of is in this it has captain cold gorilla grod uh, it has Killer Frost, 
Allison Mack. Thank you, Shanna. I couldn't remember her her last name. Allison Mack. Anyway, has all of these really uh, all these uh, villains make an appearance in it. The Toy Man makes an appearance, and that's really cool. But um, I would say that it falls short of like being a, a, a great story. Maybe in uh, towards the end, I'm trying to find my notes on the darn movie, and I can't remember uh, some of my thoughts. But it's 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 good. It's good. I would give it a six out of ten, though. And then we saw a couple together because you're like, oh, I want to watch that too. Mm-hmm. So I revisited Wonder Woman from 2009 with Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. That's one of my favorite. One of my very first DC animated films I watched. Very cool. I think it was like one of the first three or four that were made ever. And I remember not being a huge fan of it. So I wanted to revisit it, see what I thought. And, you know, uh, it's not as bad as I remember it being. The My thoughts on it were pretty much like, I think Carrie Russell's miscast as Wonder Woman. Her voice just doesn't seem to fit the character uh, for me. I don't know. It just doesn't seem quite right. Nathan Fillion does seem perfectly cast as uh, Steve, uh, uh, what's his name? I just, I want to say Rogers, and I know that's wrong. Yes, <laughs> Steve Rogers, right? <laughs> anyway, the, the pilot that Wonder Woman falls in love with, I'm blanking on his last name. But Nathan Fillion's perfect as that guy. Uh, it is surprisingly edgy. I was surprised, like, there's some... There's Steve some... Trevor. Steve Trevor, thank you. Steve Trevor. I, I'm just... My mind is like Swiss cheese with names today, apparently. But um, it does have some surprisingly violent deaths in it. And, and that was interesting. It's a little edgier than I remember it being. A lot of Amazonians die, and it's not nice how they die, and they don't shy away from it. And there's other... There's, like, decapitations, too, in the movie, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's better than I remember it being. I think I gave the film a 7 out of 10 this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have anything else to add about Wonder Woman? Oh, I love the film. And so when I realized that Ares was going to be in the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman, I was like, oh, my gosh, is it going to be like that? And obviously it wasn't. But right. I, it was it was great watching it again, mm-hmm. especially after watching Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. And I appreciate the film. I know you said, "Oh, I don't, I don't like it," and then you were like, "Oh, it's not that bad." Yeah, the second time around. So yeah, uh, there is one character that pops up in the middle of it that attacks Wonder Woman in Alley that like never has a payoff. It doesn't really seem to be all that necessary. They find like a, a medallion related to the character, and it's like it doesn't seem to have really much significance overall. But you know small small flaws i would say overall uh pretty pretty darn good flick and then we also watched together what was the other one we watched together we watched superman batman apocalypse which i remember really liking but for some reason is like doesn't show up on many best of lists this is the one that has dark side in it and dark side it introduces Supergirl, and Darkseid takes control of Supergirl and tries to brainwash Supergirl to be, like, his next, like, right-hand gal, essentially. Mm. And it has Granny Goodness, played by Ed Asner, who some people know as as Carl from Up, uh, among many other things. He was in Mary Tyler Moore show and stuff. But then, of course, you have Superman and Batman. And I'm trying to think, is there any other heroes in it? I feel like there are... Um, but I'm blanking on who else is in it. I'm pretty sure we saw Flash. 
Yeah, because there's like three heroes in the end, right? That go and, and try to help. Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of a blur to me too, though. Oh, is, there's um, there's a character I'm not terribly that familiar woman? with. Big was... Barda. Oh, okay. Big Barda's her name. Um, and maybe Wonder Woman's in it as well. Anyway, I think it's funny. Like, there's some, like, really good jokes in it. From particularly from Batman, I think it's edgy. It has some really surprising violence in it, and I think it has some really great stakes in it too. I really dig a Superman Batman Apocalypse. It might be one of my favorites, and I overall gave it an eight out of ten. Did you have any thoughts on it? I do like uh, Batman's humor in that film, but yeah, I really like him in that one because he's. He really is a guy that doesn't take any nonsense, and mm-hmm. he really is arrogant in his, you guys aren't efficient at all, and yeah. you guys want to talk, 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 and I find that very interesting. I think one of the only like minor issues I had with it was, I believe that's the one where Batman's drawn different, and he has like a, a pouty lip. Yeah, he looks um, like he's just a little bitch. It's so, weird. It's weird. Strange. And rather than a straight line, he has like an accentuated lip. And it's mildly distracting. I don't distracting. need to see Batman's lip. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. So that's the DC animated film so far. Kind of updating you on, on that. That's four of them knocked out. Let's talk about our weekend review. We finally did. Thanks to Shanna being so kind on my birthday week. Weekend, week. She drove us. Miles to the nearest theater that was showing Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi because at that time the movie had been around for like a couple weeks I think and two weeks and there was no sign of it coming our way yeah and then like it expanded the next week by one theater (laughs) and so the pattern did not look good no yeah yeah so Shannon was very kind and took me on my birthday to go see Jojo Rabbit, which is about a young boy who's being indoctrinated to Hitler's youth at well, toward the last year of Hitler of, of World War II, I should say. And it stars uh, Scarlett Johansson, Taika Waititi as Hitler himself. It has Sam Rockwell, my birthday buddy, Woo-hoo! and uh, Rebel Wilson is in it, and Alfie Allen. Uh, am I forgetting anybody? I don't think you are. Thomas and Mackenzie from Leave No Trace. Uh, that uh, little movie we saw last year is in it as well. So, Shannon, what did you think of Jojo Rabbit after all this time? Did it live up to your expectations? I really liked it. I thought it was all going to be comedy and nothing else, which I realized, oh, well, if we're dealing with the Nazis in World War II... That might not actually be a good idea. But then I realized, you know, as the movie progresses, it shows you the the realism, the real fear, the real horror that was involved with it. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good balance. I forgot or didn't realize that Scarlett Johansson was going to be in there. And I thought she was amazing. Mm. Everybody in this film was really amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed Sam Rockwell. And, oh, what is his name from Game of Thrones? Alfie Allen. Oh my god i want him to be in more stuff yeah i really really liked him in that uh i liked sam rockwell and alfie's mm-hmm. chemistry yeah it was really fun yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i think it's very funny it's whimsical but also it does not shy away from the realities of the situation for the most part 
which is good because it doesn't make too light of the situation uh, and the events that occurred. But, you know, it's, it's in turns adorable, it's in turns moving, it's in turns funny, it's in turns fun. And there's a very good reason why Taika Waititi, uh, well, I should say there's a very good reason why Hitler's in the movie talking to the main child that I won't spoil. But my only minor quibble is, and I, I'm going to speak broadly not to give away spoilers, there is a character at one point who is killed by the Nazis, and I was surprised that the Nazis didn't raid that character's house looking for anything, any other signs of quote-unquote um, trouble or quote-unquote anti-Nazi sentiments of any kind or or any other people that might be affiliated with that character. I was a little surprised by that. That's kind of like... It was one of those things that I was like, that doesn't feel right, but it's a minor quibble. Uh, I give the film like a 7 out of 10. How about you? Oh, I thought it was more like an 8 out of 10. Really? Do you think it's like Taika Waititi's best film? It's not his best film, but I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. What do you think is Taika's uh, best film? I think Thor Ragnarok is pretty up there, but... Yeah? You know, Hunt for the Wilder People, it would make that list but unfortunately a dog dies so they don't get to have that one (laughs) minus 10 points all right all right let's move on to the last thing on our week in review if we feel it behooves us to talk about this little streaming service that came out since our last episode i don't know if you heard about it it's very small not everyone knows about it it is actually one of the only studio focused streaming services i mean it's this it's all this one studio's work. It is... Or what they own. Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So, really briefly, I'm going to recap this past year. I have not been... I've been very skeptical about Disney+, Plus because all I was hearing in the news... Oh, yeah, you have been bitching and bitching. <laughs> yes, if I may. It's been driving me crazy. <laughs> if I may, all I've heard in the news about Disney+, Plus is all the animated movies it's going to have. And all the new content it's creating. And to me, it was like, well, like, here's an opportunity for a studio. They have all the rights to all their stuff. There's no reason why anything should be hidden or anything, you know, hidden away or not be available to stream. So they should, boom, dump everything they own, past and present, including all the stuff that's out of print, all the stuff that you haven't seen since the early days of Disney Channel. Everything should be dumped onto the streaming service otherwise it kind of fails to reach its potential right and i was really worried it wasn't going to do that and then in addition for some reason it took a while for it to be available on the fire stick it took till like the last week or two before its launch that it finally struck that deal which is like crazy to me so we might not have been able to gotten it if it weren't for that we did get it because they had a, a deal with Verizon where if you have the unlimited Verizon plan, you get Disney Plus for free for a year. How awesome is that? Yeah. So check your phone plans to make sure that's uh, that's the case. But uh, I will say Disney Plus came out and I was astounded. I was quite astounded. It's not perfect, but I was astounded with what it does have. It has all those old things I was worried about. It has True Life Adventures, the 1950s nature documentary movies. It has 
things like Davy Crockett and and Million Dollar Duck, Cat from Outer Space, That Darn Cat, Love Bug, uh, The Apple Dumpling Gang, Escape from Witch Mountain. It has all of those things. The Flight in the Navigator, all those things are really hard to otherwise find on on Disney Plus. Plus, it has all these Marvel movies on there. It has all these Fox cartoons from the 90s I grew up with. So um, X-Men, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, Incredible Hulk, Silver Surfer, all that's on there. Plus some old-ass Spider-Man cartoons if you want to kick it early 80s style. You can get Spider-Man and Friends with Iceman and Firestar. That's all on there. Yeah, the Disney Afternoon cartoons are all there. Like um, Gummy Bears, Goof Troop. Yep, uh, DuckTales, Darkwing yeah. Duck. Quack Pack, The Little Mermaid TV show. Tailspin. Emperor's New School. Did you see the Aladdin cartoon on there? <gasps> it's on there? No, I'm asking. Oh, no, I didn't notice it, but like it's okay. so much to go through. So my only minor quibbles about it is, oh, and it does have the Mickey Mouse Club from 1955. Just the 1955 episodes, but still, that's astounding. My only like uh, quibble really is that if on there are some shows where you look at it and it does not seem to have the entire show on there, just like selected episodes. But then other shows will have the entire series on there. So I hope that gets improved on a little to have the full library of episodes of some shows. But well, Shannon- that's nice. I mean, I hope that they get better with their user interface. Unfortunately, it's not that friendly. If you go to something like The Simpsons, they've uploaded 30 seasons, as much as I appreciate that. The issue is it takes forever to get down all the way to season 30. You know, mm-hmm. I'm watching backwards because I haven't seen, you know, the latest seasons. Okay. And so I'm going backwards. So I'm starting with season 30, going episode one to the end. And it's just, it's not very easy to get there. When watching The Simpsons on my laptop, which took them a few days to figure out, I couldn't actually stream from my laptop. Oh, really? Yeah. On the first day? And Yeah. Mm. And I couldn't figure out why, but it's got something to do with you have to have the latest update to your browser, blah, 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 blah. You know, I know that there were a lot of issues on the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, people were even coming into the Disney store to ask Disney representatives there. Oh, they're not going to know anything. You know, and it's like, oh, shame. <laughs> you know, they're there to help you find stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not, not digital things. Exactly. Anyway, it also appears like The Simpsons has a bit of a weird quality when it's on the TV versus the laptops so oh originally they uh, there's an article about this i saw and oh, i didn't okay. read it but basically the aspect ratio is not the uh the correct aspect ratio oh if that's what it is that's weird because to me it felt like the simpsons were missing their outline like it felt like it had gone away oh weird so, i don't know huh anyway uh, what 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 thoughts do you have about the Disney Plus in general? Those are your quibbles. Uh, Those are my were quibbles. You, were you impressed with it? It's all technical stuff. I'm I'm surprised that they have technical issues, but I was pretty happy when I got it on my phone, and I was just sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that, look at that, look at that. <laughs> um, I like that they have all the shorts on there. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Like the Pixar shorts? Pixar shorts. Mm-hmm. I like that they have the Mickey Mouse stuff on there, like Mickey's rival, Mickey Mouse through the mirror. Uh, that's when he goes to like an alternate. Yeah, having the Mickey Mouse shorts are really impressive too, yeah. Yeah. Looks like they've got the three Caballeros, 
And then there's like a new three Caballeros, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about it. And if something crazy is happening, like we're standing in line for pizza and the kiddo I look after freaks out because it's going to take long, I just hand him the phone with Mater shorts and oh, okay. he's pretty happy. Yeah, that makes sense. Just yeah. not Mandalorian, which is something else that we started watching. We saw the first two episodes of that at the time of this recording. What did you think of that, Shanna? Well, it's so funny because I started rewatching episode one. Oh. Because I was like, this is so cool. I am loving it so far. I especially love the cinematography. It's just such perfect lighting. I like where we're going with it. Mm. We've already been exposed to like things that we're familiar with and things that we're not familiar with. Like, what is the alien that sits on Jabba's lap? Uh, we, I don't know the name of the actual species, but the the creature's name was Salacious Crumb. Okay, so it's really disturbing to me in episode one when we see them, there's a bunch of them caged and uh-huh. being cooked. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, is this, technically that creature's like a lapdog, you know, if you look at it in I context guess. of Jabba. Yeah. It's like, that is a dog that sits on the lap, that's a comfort dog. For Java and all his stress, so I like. I'm a little like, oh, I don't know if I like that, but we'll see how things go. I, I will piggyback on your point of bringing things that we're familiar with and seeing them in different contexts or seeing more of them. Uh, I think that was one of the things that impressed me the most. Seeing something like more salacious crumb type creatures, seeing more Jawas, seeing oh, like, like the doorbell thing. Yes, the door robot, the um, yeah. the box robot too. Like there's so many ancillary things that we've seen in the original trilogy, particularly that we see revisited in the Mandalorian in some way or used in different contexts. That that is probably one of the coolest things that they could have done, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel overly CGI. It doesn't feel shiny. It doesn't feel slick. It feels lived in. It feels like these things exist in the reality, mm-hmm. and I feel like they did a mix of CGI and puppetry and and makeup, and that really helps a lot. Yeah, um, I really love. This is what you see in the trailer. I really love that we see stormtroopers that are dirty. Uh-huh. They are like covered in mud or clay or like Well just dust, you know, from the just, sand and stuff. It's just like it always drove me fucking crazy that the stormtroopers in space were so shiny. Uh. And then like on other planets they were shiny too, which is why it's so jarring when we see someone put a, ha- a bloody handprint on Finn's mask. Oh, um, It's like, I see. oh, we've never seen... We, we haven't really seen that. You yeah, know? that's a good point. No, but... And, and, and also, like, what is Werner, uh, Werner Herzog doing in this show? That's crazy to see uh, him, of all people, making that appearance. And he, he's even narrating the trailer. They take some of his dialogue and use it to narrate the trailer. It's just like... Werner, we are living in a world where Werner Herzog is in the uh, in Star Wars universe now. It's just uh, it's just so crazy to me. Um, if you don't know who Werner Herzog Verz- Werner Herzog is, you need to research him. You need to see his stuff. He's a great filmmaker, and he has an unmistakable voice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's the Mandalorian. That's I, the I Disney look Plus. There more, there's more episodes, right? There will be, yeah, of course. 
yeah. So we look forward to keeping tabs on that. Uh, and that's a uh, uh, that's Disney Plus. But let us know. We're very interested. What were highlights for you on Disney Plus? Feel free to email us at the Gibson Review at gmail.com. Now it's time to put to bed the weekend review and move on to the main event, which is our review of Charlie's Angels. Open safe house six. Welcome to the Townsend Agency. I run a covert group of exceptional women. So you guys are like lady spies. We work outside the rules. I don't like that, boy. In secret, together. You may not know we exist, but we are always watching. Who steals humanitarian aid money? You are in the presence of angels. So, you want to train to be an angel? Hell yeah. Give me my wings. The best part is in taking down international criminals. It's you guys. And the day drinking. That's what I like the most. Take her to the closet. I can just take whatever I want? Borrow. Is that an actual rule? Angel. Time to go to work. And that was from the trailer to Charlie's Angels, written and directed by Elizabeth Banks, who previously had directed Pitch Perfect 2. The IMDb description of Charlie's Angels is when a young systems engineer, played by Naomi Scott, blows the whistle on a dangerous technology, Charlie's Angels were called into action, putting their lives on the line to protect us all. Now, typically, when we review a film, we like to first focus on the good, what we liked about a movie, what worked for us, then move on to the bad, what didn't work, what were the weaknesses, flaws, uh, what what sucked about a movie, before kind of gauging what the if whether or not the good outweighed the bad or vice versa, and moving on to spoilers and final thoughts. Now, Shanna, this movie just debuted at a time of recording this past weekend. It surprisingly only made 8.5 million dollars. It was not the huge hit that was expected to be the case. But if you go on to social media on any post about Charlie's Angels, you will come across a lot of hate. Mostly I'm noticing from men. Does this movie justify the hate? Or if not, what was good about Charlie's Angels? What worked for you? No, I don't think it justifies the hate that you just recently discovered, like one-star ratings on IMDb. It is not that bad a movie. And in fact, there's a couple things that they do really right with this film. Look, I don't know anything about the TV show, okay? So mm. I'm not going to presume to know anything that I don't. Okay. Fair I do enough. know that Charlie's Angel seems to be an organization that takes women, trains them in various skills, and puts them out in the field to make the world a better place by okay. shutting down 
really bad people. So, this movie starts out with this awesome montage of, you know, after they've shown an action, like they've, they've shown the Charlie's Angels, essentially. And it does this beautiful montage of girls and women around the world. And it's so lovely. It's like this thing that I have craved to see all my life as a woman. And here it all is. And it was so great to see that. It's it's a realization that occurs. It's mm-hmm. a, well, hey, I mean, if we do look at all the films I've been exposed to, if we do look at all the books, stories that are out there, they're all boy-centered. You know, a majority of them are boy-centered. That's fair to say, okay. Okay? And girl shows or movies go through these phases depending on what time period you look at, majority speaking. So it was really nice to get this kind of shot of what the industry could look like. Okay. Like if you had... And you're specifically referring to the opening montage? This, op- this montage that we get okay. to see. So that's what they did right. They acknowledged other women and girls around the world. Okay. Another thing that they did right is, you know, we find out in the movie that uh, this organization has been opened up to different parts of the world. And we see... Uh, through screens, uh, a conference call, different countries being represented. Mm -hmm. And it's different people. It's not just men. It's not just white men. It's not just white women. There's different cultures and ethnicities being represented. Mm -hmm. And so that's really great. This film is also not male Mm gazy. There's fun, sexy outfits happening, Mm -hmm. but it's not male Mm gazy. So... They do a lot right in this film. Can you uh, uh, be specific about how it's not male gazy? For those who might not be terribly familiar with even that term. The reason why I ask is I think it's important to distinguish. Like some people assume if there's sexy women, then it must be for men to look at. So what what does the film do that kind of avoids being male gazy? Okay, so that's really funny that you said that because... That just shows, like, we still aren't out of the male gaze, period. So a male gaze is where women are nothing other than an object. So this could, this happens in arts. This happens in literature. It obviously happens in things as small as adverts to things as big as films. Okay. And so... It's, it's all there for the male to look at. It's all there to give him pleasure um, and, and not necessarily anything else. Mm-hmm. So to st- keep really specific, you're going to see a lot of cleavage if it's for the male gaze. You're going to see... A, essentially, it's Megan Fox in Transformers. That's a very good so, example, yes. You know, you're going to see a lot of... Especially Transformers you're 2. You're going to see a lot of butt angles. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we don't need to see her butt in that particular shot. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to see her cleavage in this shot, you know? So you're saying none of that exists in this movie? I am pretty certain it doesn't. And it's almost like they're telling you in the very first scene that that's not what you're going to get. The little conversation that Kristen Stewart is having with... Oh, it's in the trailer. It's actually in the trailer. Oh, it is? It's the opening... uh, What's in the trailer is actually the opening scene where she's dressed in the pink outfit. Yeah. And she's with the, the Asian guy. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing about that. It's almost... It's not like they're lying to you. They're telling you... 
women are so much more than a gaze. Uh-huh, yep. Here's this guy that wants to whisk Christ, Kristen Stewart away yep. and keep her as an object, keep her as this thing to decorate his arm, mm-hmm. um, blah, 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 and have pleasure with her. So Kristen Stewart is essentially saying a woman can achieve anything, a woman can be anything, a woman needs to express herself through certain skills and knowledge, acquirement, blah, 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 blah. So... Like, if someone was going into this film mm-hmm. for hoping to have a male gaze angle on this thing, mm-hmm. you were kind of told from the beginning that's not what you're going to get. Fair. So you should have just walked out and not given it one star. Okay, so what else did you like about the movie? What else is good? What else is good is um, the different network of characters that make up this system. Mm-hmm. So you have the Bosleys, and essentially they're the ones that are keeping everything in line, get given missions to give to the angels, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The, the go-between the between Charlie. The angels are the agents, essentially. Charlie and the and angels, yep. Charlie's in charge. And then you have something new, I believe it's new, is Saint. I don't know. Okay. I, I couldn't say. So you have this magnificent person who greets you as you come to the safe house, mm-hmm. and... He basically takes care of oh my you God, and all like, your needs. It's the most hot thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. So, <laughs> you he know. He sure you're fed. He'll, he'll register your Reiki. You know, he's essentially giving you Reiki. He's checking your energy. He's checking, you know, he's giving you some Cairo. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's giving you natural remedies to help heal the bruises that you've just, you know. Or whatever. Um, yeah, make sure you're felt. not sick. If you've just lost someone close to you, he's prepared a meal to remember that person. He's taken care of all the things that women need taken care of. Um, <laughs> he's also willing to be a good listener, too. Yes. He's a psychologist. Um, yeah. So... He's there to take care of all the things that women take on. And if they don't acknowledge those things to help replenish them or refuel them or, you know, whatever, live a good life, they will fucking die. So he's taking care of all those things. Yeah. That's and I'm a really... like, oh, that's nice. Can we have a course for men, to husbands specifically to do that for us? Anyway. At any rate, that's I a thoroughly... really good description and a good point yeah. about that character. Anything else? So can you go study Cairo? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, trust me, you don't want me doing any of that I, stuff. I but. kind of enjoyed the relationships between the woman. Okay. I was worried that that wouldn't be good. Uh-huh. And it was, it did great. So Very cool. Everyone was honest with each other. Everyone made mistakes with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good that that was all acknowledged. So I felt like this is a movie that could go either way. Based on the trailer, it could be fun and and an improvement on the 2000 Charlie's Angels, or it could be bad. <laughs> it could be a, just worse. And I did actually, to refresh my memory and also kind of see, like, are those did those things hold up very well? I did rewatch some of 2000's Charlie's Angels and 2002 or 3's Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, both directed by McGee. And A, it's surprising how many people online have so much like fondness for those movies. And I actually wonder how many of those people have seen those movies in, in recently. Because they are not good. 
They take cheese to like <laughs> they crank it up to eleven. It is incredibly cheesy, incredibly lame. The 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 writing is very poor. I mean, like the movie obviously it just doesn't take itself seriously. And to the nth degree where it's like, well, we can't take anything we see seriously either. It does. Uh, I would say it does have some of that like male gaziness of them being overtly sexy often. It's it's very tongue in cheek about some of that. But it's like it's just too much of everything. Like they even use like Matrix style action choreography in a movie that like really it doesn't make sense that they would be able to do what they're able to do. It's the movie is ridiculous. What I like about this movie is it tries to be much more of a straightforward action movie with a sense of humor. And I think that works a lot better overall. It doesn't take it. I'm not going to say that it takes itself too seriously. You know, it doesn't think of itself so much as mission impossible, but it is much closer to that than the earlier films were. And I appreciate it for that. I do also like that they took this one agency and turned it into an international agency. And you see angels. There's angels throughout the world. There's more than just three angels now. I think that's really cool. Interestingly enough and oddly enough, this movie does acknowledge the previous movies and the TV show the TV series. So it is kind of a sequel, not necessarily a reboot in that sense, which I, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of like, it's probably more like an Easter eggy thing for fans than anything else. Well, it's, it certainly brings it all together in a nice, neat little bow. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that it does different is it retcons Patrick Stewart in as the Bosley character of all those properties because i guess he's technically he is technically supposed to be the original bosley i think that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah because you actually see through photos it's like he was the bosley through every everything up until now and he's retiring so i feel like uh by the way that that's another thing the cast is is it's pretty good. I like Naomi Scott from uh, Power Rangers. I was interested in seeing her here and basically anything Naomi Scott does. I'm really curious about because I think she's got a lot of promise. Kristen Stewart usually. I, um, I'll talk more a little bit more about Kristen Stewart in a, in a minute to, or he, two here. I think, though, that um, she does get unfairly maligned online by people who are not familiar with much of her work. Kristen Stewart? Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, when Kristen Stewart came onto the the main scene, Mm -hmm. she was Bella Swan, Mm -hmm. you know, and Bella Swan has has that face and Kristen mm-hmm. Stewart has that face, mm-hmm. you know, that one facial expression. And so it's very difficult for me to switch gears mm-hmm. and see her differently. I like that in this film, she's using her body a lot. Mm. She's not just the still kind of graceful being okay. in this one. She's more energetic. And I think that that helps. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
And I will also say that this movie does try to have a few surprises uh, in it, and and uh, I appreciated it for that. Let's get to what didn't work. What was the bad in Charlie's Angels for you, Shanna? Oh, that's funny. I haven't really thought about bad. Really? Nothing stood out to you immediately? It has not. Like, okay, there's one thing, but it's spoilery, so we'll have to talk about it there. Okay. But it ended up not being what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to go in one direction. Yeah. And I was really worried about that because I was like, no, we don't need to see more of that. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't. So we can talk about that in spoilers, I guess. So let's talk about that in spoilers Spoilers in a couple of minutes because I feel like we feel opposite about it and it's kind of amusing. Uh, was there anything else yeah, that didn't work for you? it's funny because our son feels the same way as you. Mm. Was there anything else that didn't, um, that didn't work for you? No. No, I don't think so. Was there things that didn't work for you? Minor, a, a few small things that add up to keeping it from being a great movie. I think I think this is a, a, a good movie. I don't think this is a great movie. I think this is a step forward from what we've seen before. But that being said, there's a, like the biggest thing is I feel like there's something about this film that keeps it from really congealing and cl- just con- clicking together 100 percent. it's like it's like almost there but for some reason it's just falls short of just being able to fully snap together um and what i mean by that is tone i mean the um camaraderie among the the women i mean everything as a, a picture as a whole it just just for some reason it's just missing that 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 thing that keeps that makes it just feel really like a complete awesome great time um that i think it's trying to be i think oh the other thing i forgot to mention that worked for me was i was surprised how well that elizabeth banks shot was able to shoot action i didn't my my expectations were pretty low it was actually pretty good for this being her first action film that that was pretty good but um there's there is that overall picture of it just like not quite not quite working as a whole the thing about Kristen Stewart is, and I'm a huge <laughs> defender of Kristen Stewart. Oh, he's coming back to her. <laughs> well, like I said, I was going to talk about her more in a second. And so here I am. I think that while I think she is one of the best actresses of this decade, and I, I wrote about her in the Best of the 2010s article you can find on the GibsonReview.com, one of the things I said, though, that I came to a conclusion of is she works better in small indie films than in big budget uh, studio films. I feel like that's her that's where she fits perfectly. And I feel like where she normally stumbles or has issues is in the bigger studio films. And I don't necessarily think this is any different. I think she's trying to be quirky, she's trying to be fun. I don't think she fails necessarily but i think there's just something that's just slightly off just slightly compared to anything else that she's done and by the way she's done like over a dozen films since she put like twilight to bed she's done many many movies and and has demonstrated over and above that she actually has talent as an actress I think this movie requires less of her, maybe. 
in terms of the acting the side, the camera is on her a lot, mm-hmm. and it's not entirely balanced. I feel okay. And something that I noticed was she has very glowy light on her. Yes, it's called butterfly lighting. I'm pretty sure, or beauty dish lighting. Sure. And that's not so you see catch lights in her eyes the whole time. So she looks really perky and like she gets enough sleep and exercise <laughs> and water. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the case for the other two main characters. Okay. And I thought that that was interesting. I wasn't sure why that, why it was that way. That is an interesting issue. It's too. like Kristen Stewart has in her contract that she needs butterfly lighting or something. So. Yeah, I don't think we. I, I doubt that's the case. I'm I don't, sorry. I, I'm I don't cracking myself throw up. Throw kerosene yeah, onto the yeah. Stewart hate. Um, but it was odd to me that she was lit in such a way mm. and and not the other two okay so uh totally legit quibble absolutely but for me like there's uh, maybe this movie just required more of her physically and less of her in terms of acting wise there's just something that's just slightly left of center of her in this movie that isn't the case with other films especially smaller indie films that where she does have to really dig into the character more and the other thing, I, I there's something else, but I have to talk about it in spoilers. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about the movie before we move to spoilers? No, I think it's a lot of fun, and people should go watch it. I'd at least give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay, and so you think the good outweighs the bad? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I do, too. Guys, I would say... Go see this movie. It's it's it is fun. Like go take have a girls' night or something. Or go, take the kid. Yeah, whatever. Like take your teenage girl or or a tween or and son. Go see this movie. Like it's not bad. Like I know there's a lot out there, but it is definitely not deserving of the judgment and hate it's been getting. Don't you know? I don't. I don't know what's preventing people from going to see this. It's not a great movie. I give it a six out of ten. Because I think it's a solid, like, it's a solid 6 out of 10 film. Like, it's not, like, it's not great. It's not, you know, you're laughing. Because I feel like you're the guy in Spinal Tap trying to explain 11. But you're just trying to explain a (laughs) 6. It's just really, it's cracking me up. I'm going to go away now. All right, fair Well, okay, think of it this way. If you were to equate these as stars, it's a solid 3-star movie. Like, it's not exceptional. It's not terrible. It's right in the middle there, you know? And it does what it intends to do. And it's not lame. It's not ridiculous. It's not cheesy like what we've seen before. And it, it, it pretty much achieves what it's aiming to do, which is to entertain, but also, like, you know, present these really cool women and this really cool world of women. So go see it, guys. With that... Let's talk a little bit about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I do recommend skipping. Look at the show notes. Skip to film phase from here because we're going to talk about spoilers for Charlie's Angels starting now. Shanna, what was the spoiler detail? I think we both had the same thing. Why don't you explain your side of it? Well, what starts to happen in the movie is Patrick Stewart realizes he has a tracker on him after being retired. Mm-hmm. And that makes it look bad for someone within the agency still. And mm-hmm. it just so happens it makes it look bad for 
Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth the Banks. writer and director, yeah. who stars as a Bosley. Yeah. And I was worried because it gets to a point where she essentially runs away because she has to go deal with something more pressing. She leaves the angels to do what they need she to do. She abandons the angels, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't communicate or anything. Right. We have to talk about communication, guys. So I thought they were going to make Elizabeth Banks the bad guy. Yes. And I didn't want to see that because they've already done that. I don't need to see women being bad. I need to see women being united and there for each other. Okay. All right. So, so I was worried it was going to go in that direction. And then I was going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. But then it didn't. And I was like, oh, thank God. Jesus Christ. So... So was that an issue for you or not, overall? No, it's okay if they made you second guess. Okay. Because she actually even calls it out. Because there are these moments where women are pitted against each other. And it was a good opportunity to, well, you thought it was me. You didn't have a problem thinking it was me that was the bad guy. But you had a problem. You, You hesitated thinking Patrick Stewart was the bad guy. Hmm. You know, so that was good. So I have I come from us from a, a completely different perspective, which is the second I saw Patrick Stewart on the screen, I was like, ah, he's the bad guy. See, I can't and, see him like that. And well, there's a couple of reasons. One, he was like one of the only stars that was promoted in the trailers, and so it was like process of elimination. Oh, like he must. No one else is seeming to be really the major bad guy, so it must be him. Especially since one character who. Seems like a dick, but is really just a greedy dude trying to sell some stuff. Um, he gets his head blown off. I mean, <laughs> he still is a dick. Which, but... by the way, that's another... Well, okay, let's put a pin in that and come yeah. back to it. Okay. So I, I was like, okay. And then the second... In that same scene, actually, it turns out, oh, like, Elizabeth Banks might be actually the villain behind everything. I was actually impressed by that because, like, ah, so this movie is not predictable. Okay, we, we do have a twist here and a turn... Um, and see, the thing is like, look, you have two sexes to choose from here in our race, male and female. One of them has to be the bad guy sometimes, and it can't always be the same one. And like, to me, it's like, it doesn't matter like what sex the person is. Someone like, it's all about what their motivations are and what they do. That makes them the bad guy. Right? So I didn't necessarily see it the same way you did where I was like, oh no, it better not be. I was more relieved from a plotting perspective that it might be her because that relieved me of the predictability of Patrick Stewart being the bad guy. But then it ended up being him after all. <laughs> I was like right from uh, right from the start. So that was that's one of my only actual issues is the film is a little predictable in that sense. But it's interesting that you had a different experience about yeah. the same issue. And well, we were sitting right next to each other watching the same movie, yet we still came at the same situation differently. Yeah. And I'm super curious if other women picked it up the way that I picked it up or picked mm-hmm. it up the way you picked it up. I'd be super curious to know that. Uh, sure. You know. The other thing is this movie has some shocking violence at times where you're not quite sure how to feel the rock thing jesus the rock thing can you explain like the jiggly emulsify the rock oh yes the as soon as i saw that i was like someone's gonna die in that thing i was like someone's (laughs) gonna get crushed 
There's no way they have that thing in this movie. Oh God! For and other any other reason. They knock out some staffer and like they throw him out the window. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we better get rid of him. Some thug. Plop. Yeah. Just plop throw, him out the window. He like, is tossed two like, stories out a window. If that guy wakes up. He's going to be in an immense amount of pain, and he's not going to know what happened. He, yeah, just, assuming, he just thought a supermodel calendar girl landed in his lap, you know? Right, assuming he didn't land on his head. <laughs> you know, and then there's oh. the guy who gets his head blown off. Then there's the other guy who, like, ha- ends up having a seizure and dies, or has a brain aneurysm and dies. Oh, my god! <laughs> which was, like, one of the first ones. And it's just like, and that one, it lingers on it a little bit. You're like... This one's starting to feel a little real. <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to be? So I get the just the criticism that is out there that the movie is a bit muddled in its tone. Like it it does have a certain tone going on, and then it'll have these moments of sudden or shocking violence, like like real violence. Well, then I would ask I would ask those people to go look at the male led action films. I'm pretty sure that exists somewhere. No, no, no. It's not that this doesn't exist. It's the fact that the you have a um, conflicting tones is the issue from um, from a narrative perspective. And so I understand that criticism. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't have a problem that there's violent death happening. Mm. They need to get these fuckers out of the way. You know, I their job has to be done. I wouldn't either. It just is a little inconsistent with the the tone of the rest of the film, which is a little more fun, and they're also, like, constantly trying not to kill people, and Christian Stewart's constantly reassuring, no, he's going to wake up, it's okay. You know, it, it does have a little inconsistent. But for me, it's a minor quibble overall. This is a minor issue with the film. It's just an, a minor issue that exists for me that's I'm worth mentioning. I'm so sorry you feel that way. Okay. I do not see this as an issue. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Was there anything else in spoilers that you thought was worth discussing? I love the part where the lights go down. Oh, at the end. Bosley, the theme, uh, Elizabeth Banks Bosley says, Charlie sends love or something to that effect. And there were a ton more angels at that party than we thought. Yes. One of them I also predicted, which was the secretary of... One of the characters. Shoving the, please listen to me, take this card. Yes. Yeah. So I really love that. And I know that a lot of people feel like, oh, we don't need to see that. It just needs to be, well, I'm sorry. I need to see it. I need to see women being there for each other and standing up for each other and having each other's backs because it doesn't get seen or experienced that often. Can I ask a question? Sure. Well, I think this is worth asking. I don't want to go into a too deep a discussion about this. But I am curious. There's a concern of being, what's the word? Is placated the right word? At what point do you feel that you're being exploited or placated to in terms of feminism and and these sorts of things? What what is the line for you? Where what does it look like? Yeah, because I think a lot of people are concerned about that. It's a fair question because a lot of there were women that were not fond of the end game scene where sure. all the heroines came together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I've thought about this just a little bit. I need to think about it a bit more. Okay. But where I stand right now is like if you're feeling that way, I really hope you're feeling that way because other women did have your back and that you had women that were by your side and that you were able to trust women around you Mm. because that's the only thing I can think of at this point, at this point of my experience. Yeah. 
that's the only reason I can think why other women would maybe feel that way. I was not that fortunate. Okay. I will soak that shit up like a sponge. You know, like I, I think don't be surface about it. Okay. Establish something that gives you credit and essentially the right within the movie to do that. Okay. Which they did do because, you know, they give you the montage of girls doing things around the world. They give you uh, a scene here and there of the academy, the campus essentially. Yes. Where girls are training together and they do look like they're a group. It's very yes. fast. Yes. And let's talk about the very end in a second here yeah. to wrap up. But so, go ahead and finish your point. My point is they established credit. Uh-huh in creating this world yeah the story itself is about women fighting together so it's not like it's not like they just threw it in there okay so then it sounds like what you're describing the 2000 charlie's angels would fit to a t of what would be uh placating and and exploitive uh quote unquote it would be closer to the spice girls version of feminism than what you're usually championing for me, I'm like, this is really good. Okay. This is a good place. This is better than the end game scene. However, I still feel good about the end game scene. And the previous Charlie's Angels? I just I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember it being disappointing in that uh, there were things happening that I guess didn't give the film the right to do what they did. Okay. Fair enough. So let's wrap up by talking about the credits. There are yeah. there are things to watch in the credits, people. So stick around. It doesn't last all the way through the credits, but it's like up through halfway you'll, through. You'll know when it's finished. Yeah. Um, pretty much when she says, give me my weens, that's the last of it. But any thoughts about what happens in the credits at all? I freaking love that. I like. It seemed to me like they were using real female champions. Yeah, like Ronda Rousey and uh, Danica Patrick. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I really loved how it's like, I don't know what this campus is, but I want to go there and like mm-hmm. learn from real women who are achieving these different skills from around the world. Yeah, uh, and then you see like random cameos from like Haley Steinfeld and apparently Layla who Reinhardt. Who is the and- person that was doing the bomb That bomb was Laverne Cox. Oh, okay. Yeah, a uh, trans woman. So that was pretty cool too. Yeah, any other thoughts about that? I love that scene, by the way. That was great. Mm -hmm. A great training scene. Yeah. All right. I think that about um, says everything we need to say about Charlie's Angels. We do recommend it, as we've said before. Let us know what you think at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Please let us know, if you have seen it, what your thoughts are. Now it's time to move on to film faves. It'll be interesting to see. This is one female-led action movie will it make our list or will other what other films may make our list uh film faves is a segment that derived from the blog wherein we count down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic often we are marching backwards through time we're kind of on hiatus on the backwards through time thing probably till next year uh so this time it felt like a good opportunity to kind of do something that fits with the movie Charlie's Angels. So we chose female-led action films. This the idea of this is to not only give you a sense of our tastes and our what we like, but also hopefully point you in the direction of films that maybe you haven't heard of before or uh, haven't seen before. And to that end, we try to point you in the direction of major streaming platforms that they are available on. Most of the time. 
for whatever reason, movies that we pick happen to not be available for streaming. But when they do, we will let you know when they're on Netflix, HBO Now, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. With that, Shanna, why don't you talk a little bit about how you formulated your list and anything else you want to share before you tell us your number 12? It looks like my list is like, if I was physically fit and like a fighter, these are my heroes. Like okay. these are who I would be. Yeah. You know. Like the fighter inside you aspires yeah, to is, these. This is who it is. Very cool. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just picking my favorites. That's the idea. There's there's nothing too crazy going on here. Uh, let's get started with number twelve. And what is that? Red Eye. Interesting choice yeah. as an action film. I, uh, she has about to that. kick ass, and she has to get to her dad in time. Okay. It's from 2005. Rachel McAdams is essentially kidnapped and cornered on an airplane, uh-huh. a red eye. Mm-hmm. She's on her way back to her dad, and she... Her dad's very important. Her dad is very important. He's not just a plumber He's or like a construction worker. He's like the only family she has. Yeah. Very close relationship. And she is essentially being kidnapped by... A terrorist. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Who I love. He's Scarecrow from Batman Begins. Yes. And he was in 28 Days Later. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a terrorist or working with terrorists uh, because essentially her job, she works for a a very important politician. And they're trying to get access... The terrorists are trying to get access to the politician to assassinate him and his family. And so she's met with these very difficult choices because her dad's life is being threatened. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't do what we need you to do, we're going to kill your dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you do what we need you to do, we won't kill your dad. Any quick thoughts about the character Rachel McAdams? I love Rachel McAdams and I thought this was re- a really cool role for her mm-hmm. I think we have the DVD because I love it so much it has not been printed on on Blu-ray no it hasn't and I'm like why not yeah. this was so cool I, I loved it in the theaters you know you're you're in one spot for mm-hmm. most of the movie and she did a great performance and is that available to stream anywhere no okay so for me I really try to limit just two films where the women drove the action of the film for the most part they are the central character of of the film that's kind of what i limited down to and i tried for the most part i successfully weeded out animated movies but there is one that did squeak on to the list and there's not very many movies on my list that are available to stream which is absurd to me but We'll, I'll let you know which ones are. The first one is a movie I feel like I really need to rewatch because I keep thinking, man, I really enjoyed this movie more than most and, and more than I expected to. It is Tomb Raider from 2017 starring Alicia Vikander as the titular Lara Croft character. This was another attempt at that franchise. I, I'm not hearing anything about a sequel yet, which surprises me because... I think this film, for the most part, is pretty successful and much better than the Angelina Jolie films, which I want to like so much, but then I watch them and they're just bad. They're just <laughs> bad, and I really want to like them. But I love your face so much right now. <laughs> Thank you're you. You're in so much pain, yeah. and you're like, I, I push I, and pull. 
And Angelina Jolie poses really well on the posters. I really want her to be awesome in this movie, but it's just a bad movie. Alicia Vikander's not my first choice for Laura Croft, but she's really she's really good in this. I think the only thing I had an issue with with this movie, for the most part, though, there's probably a review from 2017 you can listen back to. I think is the villain was the only thing that just didn't work for me about the movie. But I think it's it's it it's wasn't the good. worst villain. Eh. Eh, it felt like oh, a waste. Okay. It felt right. like a waste of that okay. actor to me. But I did like the movie overall, and it's hard to find now for some reason. So hopefully that changes. I couldn't find it on a DVD DVD dispensary. I couldn't find it on a streaming subscription service, which is unfortunate. Hopefully somebody picks it up again. But it's my number twelve favorite female-led action movie. That's Tomb Raider from 2017. What's your number eleven, Shanna? My number eleven is. <laughs> For fun, Miss Congeniality from 2000. Interesting choice. Yeah. Sandra Bullock is this undercover FBI agent. She has to be, uh, gosh, who is she in? She's like a pageant. pageant. It's like a pageant. No, no, but which state is she representing? Oh. I don't know. Is it Georgia? There's some trivia for you. No. There's some trivia for you. So. Does it say on the poster? No, it doesn't say. It just says FBI. Gotcha. So anyway, she's an undercover FBI agent. She has to infiltrate the pageant. Uh, Something is not good. They've received a threat of some kind. And she needs to see who's responsible for it and make sure that these other participants are going to be safe. So this is someone who's not graceful or very traditionally ladylike. She's not pageant material, let's just say. Mm -hmm. And so she has to get trained into being pageant material and transformed. I think it's also... So she can be convincing. Yeah, so she can be convincing. And I think it's a really fun fuck you female transformation. Mm. Um, as like it opposed turns it on its to, head. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like she's pissed about all of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she got waxed everywhere and she's obviously never been waxed. <laughs> and it's just, it's a lot of fun. And it really shows appreciation to those who do participate in pageants and it's a lot of work it's not just Mm -hmm. they aren't airheads trust me that is a fun fun movie excellent my number 11 is my one animation pick it is 1995's ghost in the shell the original ghost in the shell guys not the live action remake that was just absolutely unfortunate this one is available on amazon prime it is about a cybernetic detective, essential, essentially, basically investigating this big, huge, labyrinthine conspiracy of, of, a, of a hacker, of whether or not a hacker can hack people's minds. It's extremely philosophical. It's the kind of movie that, like, you probably have to watch it a couple times just to get the basics of the plots followed. Because it's so heady and so, like, thought-provoking. There's so much you could dissect in this film. It's one of my favorite animes of all time. It is extraordinary. It's very cool action, too. And the the character, the main character, I think Kusanagi, if I remember correctly. Someone's going to correct me on this she's really cool all the characters are really cool in it i love it i love it um more than the sequel i love it way more than the remake the remake's dog shit comparatively so go check it out on amazon prime ghost in the shell from 1995 
My number 10 may shock you, Jeff. It's Death Proof from 2007. And I know how you're talking about, oh, I'm choosing things that are like action films that are led, the action's led by the woman. Well, let me tell you why this qualifies. Okay. School me. I will school you. I'll school you all the way. Woman slain me. (laughs) Anyway, this is a Quentin Tarantino film, and it is starring Kurt Russell, Zoe Bell, Rosaria Dawson. Kurt Russell is an angry stuntman. Mm-hmm. And very car-driven stuntman. He has yeah. a car that he uses as his weapon, and he sees girls that he likes. He gets them in the car, and essentially he murders them. Well, this is until he runs across other stunt women, mm-hmm. and they play him at his own game. It is very satisfying, especially the end. There's a character named Shanna, and. I think that's a lot of fun because for all the Shannas out there in the world, she's essentially calling out people that mistakenly call Shannas a Shannon. Oh, really? And it's it's a great line, and I, you know, I need to watch it again. I might hate it when I watch it again, mm. but for the ending, that's why it's on here. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I hear that ending is a highlight. I had a real hard time with getting through that movie, but um, it has its fans. That's for sure. My next favorite female-led action movie is Salt, by uh, starring Angelina Jolie from the year 2010. I think Philip Noyce directed this spy thriller about uh, Angelina Jolie, basically as someone who's part of this program, and there's questions about whether or not she's actually the person responsible for very bad things so she's being chased and hunted and she has to prove her innocence somewhat of a typical like skeletal plot but very thrilling it's i think one of angelina jolie's better action films you can keep your mr and mrs smith you can keep your laura croft movies i think this is the one that's the coolest and the smartest of her action films And that's why I occasionally return to it uh, from time to time and why it's on my list. It is my 10th favorite female-led action movie. Again, that is Salt from 2010. Shanna, what is your number nine favorite female-led action film? My number nine is Sicario from 2015. That is a very unusual choice (laughs) as an action film. Is that your way of saying, does that qualify for action? Well, does it? Here's why. Okay. She's like this kick-ass FBI agent. It's another FBI agent. Sort of, yes. I mean, yeah. she, it's, she's an FBI agent, but does she kick ass? I've, I thought she did. I'm just asking that question because I think that's one that's of the... That's funny. You're backing up after giving me a no, particular look. That's no, no, no. I'm just saying anyway. that that's a very interesting character. And it's I think she subverts what you expect out of her. Hmm. It's very, very... Uh, I she's love the She's not violent. Mm-hmm. So, anyway... She's an FBI agent. She's been enlisted by the government, a special side of the government, to essentially help with the war on drugs, which is what she was already doing in a very particular way. And now it's kind of like a more privatized version of tackling the drug war between Uh, the U.S. and Mexico. Would mm. you agree? No, you look like you're battling there. No, no, I just think there's more to the character than meets the eye. And I think that's what's very, very interesting about the pick. It's not what you expect it to be at all. 
My number nine is actually Spy, which I I would I be very surprised. Love that movie. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if we don't hear about this movie from you too. This is by Paul Feig. I think it's one of Paul Feig's best films this decade. It stars Melissa McCarthy. I think it mm, very likely is her best movie that she led this decade. She basically is the the person in the chair, and she gets an opportunity to step out of that chair and go on the field. And Rose Byrne plays the villain in one of her great comedic roles. The movie is hilarious. Jason Statham plays a comedic action role. He's hilarious in it. I love Spy. It's it's one of the best comedies of the decade. And so there's no way it couldn't be on my list. But it is a little bit down there because there's a lot more out there that I will get to in a little bit. So it's my number nine film, Spy. What's your number eight, Shanna? My number eight is Edge of Tomorrow from 2014. Oh! <laughs> so that's so interesting. It did, that did not make my list. Go ahead and talk oh, about it. It's So it's my second Emily Blunt film. <laughs> Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise. So, <sighs> yes, the main character is Tom Cruise. You know, he's someone that got told to be a soldier, mm-hmm. and he's fighting aliens, and he stumbles across the ability to relive the same day over and over again. And here's why I love it for our female action list is because Emily Blunt has already been through the same process that Tom Cruise is going through right now. Okay. And so she recognizes it in him and she's more hardcore than he is about this ability because she's lived through it and she will, she lost that ability. And so mm-hmm. I really love her character mm-hmm. i love that she's like no bullshit like if something happens she makes him restart the day she doesn't bat an eye lash rita vertaski is one of the decade's biggest badasses i'm glad you talked about it because you represent one side of the argument here the reason why i did not include it on my list is because of the very things you you describe used to describe the film which is tom cruise is the main character so for me, um, I was like, ah, I love this movie, but she's not necessarily the one driving the action. But on the other hand, you have this really good argument of, well, she's the one that's actually training Tom Cruise. And, you know, she kicks Tom Cruise's ass and all this sort of stuff. She, she gets... whips him into shape. Exactly. So I understand that side of it. Uh, also, I've talked about the movie a lot. So I guess, like, that's another <laughs> reason to leave it off my list. So I'm glad that you represented that side of the argument to, to represent that movie. My next movie is from the year from the year 2000. For those Conan O'Brien fans out there. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. My other movie on my list that is available to stream right now. You can find it on Netflix. It seems like it's been on Netflix for years now. This movie is all about the ladies, it seems. I mean, like, there's men in the film, like Chow Yun-Fat, but it's all about Michelle Yeoh. It's all about Zhang Ziyi's character. It's all about this this aunt or, like, maternal character who's taking care of Zhang Ziyi and has been training her. Like, it's all about women leading the action. And... Oh, 
you could argue that the women have the best action sequences and choreography in this beautiful film by Ayn Lee that was revolutionary at the time and popularized the foreign film market in the U.S. audiences for a while. Uh, Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a film that holds up. It is gorgeous. It is jaw-dropping. It's just spectacular. The stunts and everything are just one of a kind. I adore this film. It is extraordinary. You can find it on Netflix if you haven't seen it in a while or at all. My number seven is from 2016. It is Ghostbusters. I shall not be and surprised. Why wouldn't I have it on my list? Mm-hmm. Why is this 5.2 on IMDb? My God. Well, anyway. you know, because the internet, lovey. Yeah. The same people it's who same voted people. on Charlie's Angels. These are the same fuckers. Okay. Yeah. I bet you'll see it's probably the same 5,000 people. <laughs> Anyway, all these men who so haven't even men, seen the all movie. These haters. Yeah. Anyway, we all know who the Ghostbusters are. They fight the paranormal, the disruptive paranormal. In this case, they're also, you know, fighting a man that's angry at the world and isn't actually dealing with his problems in a mature, humane way. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a very mature way of putting it. Well, yeah. So we've got. You know, these awesome characters, Aaron, Abby, Holtzman, we've got Patty, and those are played by the awesome comedians, Kristen Wiig, we've got Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. And I would love to see these women again. I know we're not getting the sequel that I was hoping for, but I'm very happy to watch this film. I'm very happy to watch Holtzman kick ass and engineer different weapons to fight the paranormal. Uh, This is like one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, I just looked on IMDb, and out of the 192,000 people who voted on on Ghostbusters and IMDb, like 105,000 of them are men voting, and 33,000 of them voted it as as one out of 10, which is... So ridiculous. I think a similar number was the case for Charlie's Angels that came out this past weekend, too. It's Mm. like a total of 5,800 people that's voted, and 3,000 of those 5,800 people are men. 2,000 of them voted it as a 1 out of 10 star movie. You guys need to get a life. Like, Like, come on. It's not that bad. This is ridiculous. Like, maybe... Twin Sitters or whatever the hell that movie is called. Maybe that's like a three. I have no know? idea what you're talking about. But I will say <laughs> sexism is running rampant. You guys yeah. just need to stop. You guys, It's so lame. Anyway, on to positivity. Once again, my next pick is The Fifth Element as my si- seventh favorite female-led action film. And Lilo is... Oh, that's my sixth. Oh, very cool. We're in lockstep. Very yeah. awesome. So I will just say, like, Lilo is, like, while the film focuses on Corbin Dallas, on his mission to get Lilo, like, we do have this parallel thing where, uh, with Lilo being created, coming alive, and then colliding with Corbin Dallas, and the entire film is about Lilo. So uh, that's kind of where I... Yeah, and I do, that's where I come down on this film, and she has, of course, the best action moment in the film at the opera, the space opera, 
uh, in the third act, roughly. That's like playing in my head right now. It's so awesome. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack's hard to find, but very, very cool. But Mia Jovovich, this is probably her best role ever. Sorry, Resident Evil fans. But Lilu kicks ass, and she's way better. And uh, I think this might be actually... One could argue that this is the director Luc Besson's best film. But, you know, maybe Leon. Which was a film that came up, but I left off because... Leon the Professional? Yeah, I left... I considered that one. You considered that too? Yeah. I was like, but it's really like Leon. It's about Leon... And, like, Natalie Portman's not really driving the action. So I didn't consider mm-hmm. her. So now you have Fifth Element instead uh, as my choice. Why is it? Why did it make your list? Because Lilu's awesome. And there's a lot of other awesome characters in here trying to help Lilu get her mission accomplished. And I just think that that's really cool. Uh, you've said a lot that I agree with. Mm-hmm. I think that without Lilu, we wouldn't have Fifth Element. So yeah. that's, you know, the decision. It's a good example of like how men can be there to support a woman. So Bruce Willis is there to support her, Ian Holm, Chris Tucker to some extent. Right, yeah. <laughs> Very dramatically. Yes. You know? Uh, yeah, I I love this film. I love Lilu. I wish, you know, I love how she tells people off in her own language. I love right, how, that's funny. I love how she tells Bruce Willis off in her own way with a gun. You know, it's right, very right. fun. Right, not without my permission. Yeah. Very cool, awesome. So we're at the halfway mark, and my number six favorite female-led action film is one where the women may not be in the title, but they are the ones driving the action. It is Mad Max Fury Road. They are literally driving driving the action action in this film. (laughs) You're so funny. Thank you very much. Uh, of course, this we have talked about this ad nauseum. Come on, it's like easily one of the greatest films of the decade, Mad Max Fury Road. It's a huge surprise. I didn't expect... I When this came out, I thought it would go either way. When I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, this could be completely hollow and absurd and ridiculous, or it could be the greatest thing ever. And it ended up being the greatest thing ever, thankfully. One of the best experiences in the theater. Charlie's thrown as Imperata Furiosa is one of the most iconic characters of the decade. Who could argue with her uh, and the badass that she is, but also the pri- the women who are the prizes of, oh, what's his name, Shanna? What's his name? The bad guy. Immortal Joe? Immortal Joe. Immortal Joe. Thank you. Uh, I always think it's immortal. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, I don't blame you. But those women are also very cool and they stand up for each other on their own rights and have their own strengths and skills it's a great great film and uh so a how could i leave it off my list so it's my number six favorite female-led action movie shanna what's your number five my number five is spy from 2015 aha i noticed a paul <laughs> feig theme here in your list very interesting oh, okay. you have three of his movies on your list well, fun. <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, what's the third one? You got Spy. You have... And Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters. I thought you had a third one. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, all right, you have two Paul Feig movies. All right, all right, all right. Forgive all right. me. Paul Feig is just dandy. Okay, <laughs> but the best part is Melissa McCarthy, of course. She is a CIA analyst, and she decides to get her revenge by actually going into the field. It turns out that she is completely and utterly scarily qualified to be able to do this. And uh, she gets to do it, and she kicks ass with 
her body and kicks ass with her mouth and it's yeah. just it's such a such a freaking good time and Rose Byrne is really funny and who is the friend they call her Big Bird yeah um, I'm not familiar with her she's a British comedian Miranda Hart is the mm, name okay. of the character no that's the actress man oh that's funny anyway her name is Nancy in the movie but yeah Miranda Hart uh she has a show that people have recommended to us several times. Which is that? I don't know. I can look it up. <laughs> that recommendation has we, stuck. We live in the world of the internet where I can look up and find out anything. All right. And I believe, oh, Call the Midwife and Miranda oh, have okay. been recommended to me. Oh, very good. Very good. All right. So my next favorite female-led action movie is Hannah. From 2011, if you're a long-time listener of The Movie Lovers, this should not be any surprise that this has made it onto my list. It's almost, uh, it's one of those movies, like many of these movies, that just needs to be in a penalty box and <laughs> removed from consideration. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but we can't help it, can we? Uh, well, yeah, and, you know. So, it's this is an extraordinary action film because it is an existential assassin film it is about like what makes somebody who they are and you know you have a a character who's removed from society modern day society and she's introduced to modern day society and what happens when that character interacts with these things what happens when they discover tv and technology for the first time you know it's all it explores all that while also being a propulsive just absolutely energetic, thrilling action film with some great uh, fight sequences featuring Saoirse Ronan, as well as the guy who plays her her uh, father figure. What's his name? Eric Bana is who I'm thinking of. And then even Kate Blanchett's got one of her best roles this decade as the villain, sort of a, a almost like a white queen kind of villain if you're to follow the fairy tale motifs throughout the film too. So anyway. Hannah, love it. See it. You must, if you haven't already. And uh, if you've seen the TV show, let me know if it's worth it as a fan of the movie. My number four is Wonder Woman from 2017, because how could it not be? That's my number four. All right. Well, let's talk about it, my love. Uh, Patty Jenkins needs to make more movies. However, it does seem like she makes quality over quantity. Uh, you know, I'll, <laughs> She's made I'll like take, two movies. I'll take whatever. Quality. Yeah. Absolute quality. I will take whatever she's gonna make. That this this movie did not disappoint. This movie was stressful before it was released because it was like, are they gonna get it right? And indeed they did. It's the one DC movie that they did get right, and that's very exciting. Uh, we get to follow Diana, the Amazon warrior, princess of uh, Themyscira. Very good, love uh, So, you know, we get her to to see her fulfill a destiny of sorts where she helps humanity and is not confined to the island of Themyscira. It's a lot of fun. It's great. I love it. Okay. Very good. Uh, we've talked about this movie to death, you know, but I've, I've, I've put it in a penalty box once or twice. So now it's on, it's on this list. It's funny that we put it at the exact same spot on the list as number four. It's iconic. It's not a perfect movie, but it is one of the most iconic of the decade. And so, you know, when I'm thinking about, like, favorite movies, I sometimes think about, like, which movies would I rather watch the most and sometimes organize them in that sense. And Wonder Woman is one of the 
female-led action movies that I would watch, be willing to watch more often or anytime, <laughs> you know, more than other movies. So that's that's why it's my favorite, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Wonder Woman. I I'm right there with you with the trepidation coming into the film. I was worried about how she was going to be represented because there is more to her than one or two aspects. So. But yeah, she's she's successfully portrayed, and we love her. And go listen to our review from 2017 on the movie to hear our other opinions. Mm-hmm. So does that take it to number three for me? It is your third favorite female-led action movie. All right. Number three for me is Terminator 2 from 91. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Uh, didn't we just talk about this? We talked about Terminator. We had the review film. about Terminator okay. Dark Cool. Complete. So we all know Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton. It's a James Cameron film. Uh, Linda Hamilton is the one to bear the child that will... Save humanity. Yep. Save humanity. Yep. Uh, she does everything in her absolute power to protect her son. It's the fiercest, fiercest mother you'll ever see. Yeah. The most hardcore mother you'll ever see. And... Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else I can say really other than I admire this woman and, you know, if if the same situation was happening to me, I'd buck up and become Sarah Connor. So there we go. (laughs) Very cool. And I think you listened to our review of Terminator Dark Fate in the previous episode for reasons why this movie made her list and not the latest movie, although we recommend that movie too. Go ahead. You had another thought? Oh, I just, I remembered her working out while she's in a mental institution in the beginning of the film. And she makes working out look amazing. (laughs) Very cool. My third favorite female-led action movie is Kill Bill. The Quentin Tarantino... That's my number two. Very cool. The Quentin Tarantino film starring Uma Thurman as The Bride or Beatrice Kiddo, depending on which chapter you're watching. And, And by the way... To avoid confusion, this is not a movie that has a sequel. It is one movie that was split into two. So Volume 2 is not a sequel, but a second half of the film. Uh, I love Kill Bill overall. I love how it's divided under one half that kind of establishes why she's a badass. Why she's this person that some people fear and don't really want to see alive to be able to seek retribution for what happened to her and then this other half that's much more like under the surface driven much more character driven right she has a revelation halfway through kill bill and it it kind of becomes about that revelation and how she reacts to it uh as well as i think there's some training that happens in the second half too how she became who she is as well so i you know this this movie is a hodgepodge of a lot of things you can enjoy it for the surface thrills but i I love that it has a whole lot more going on to with it and i also love how like tarantino is referencing like so many types of films and so many specific films in this and uh of course beatrice kiddo is like one of the most iconic female characters ever if not definitely uh, the last decade so you said it's your second favorite yeah yeah, I mean, I think you put everything really well there. I I think it's 
my second favorite Quentin Tarantino film. Mm. And I've, I love Uma Thurman. I love that we get to see Lucy Liu. Uh, there's a couple other that's right, that's right. a couple other actresses and actors that I love seeing. I I love how bizarre this story is. I feel like okay, if I compare it to Terminator, it's like Terminator Two is what happens if the robots are coming and to kill your son, and Kill Bill is what happens if assassins come to get you. So like human assassins. So mm-hmm. it's like two different assassin films okay, that yeah. involve motherhood. It's interesting. So I, I think I'm really drawn to that concept because it's the ultimate like it's an ultimate fantasy, right? Like if someone came to like mm-hmm. uh, threaten that, here's what could happen. Yes, because she is pregnant when she is attacked mm-hmm. in the beginning of of the movie. So yeah, you know, more reason for her to ex- exact vengeance. Yeah, and I guess did you mention that she's unconscious for a few years? No, I did not. Okay. Well, I think that's important to note because she's unconscious for a few years because she was beaten up so bad. Yeah, she And was then in she a wakes coma. up, she realizes time has passed cuz she doesn't have a pregnant belly anymore. And so she's like mourning her child and yeah. like that's what brings it about and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So my second favorite female-led action movie is Aliens, James Cameron's sequel to Alien from 1979. This one, 1986, of course. James Cameron is famous for two taking two female characters and pushing them forward in character development, making them badasses. Ellen Ripley is the first to have this treatment done to her. She is, of course, the final girl in the original Alien. She is found and um, revived by the company, which we learn is Waylon. Oh, no. Film buffs are going to get me on this one. What's the, what's the name of the corporation in the Alien series? Do you remember? Don't care about other humans. Send them in anyway and no. kill them. No, no. It's like two <laughs> last names. It's Waylon something. I think it's Japanese. Anyway. And uh, it turns out there's a whole colony on this planet where her co-workers discovered eggs that caused the whole problem. So she's saying, get those people out of there. They're saying, nah, they're probably fine. And they, for whatever reason, they uh, take a set of Marines to go to the planet and Ripley accompanies them. So they're obviously... Not fine. Right. Yeah. I can't remember what um, what makes them want to go with, uh, take the, the Marines there in the first place. But at any rate, just an extraordinary film. This is uh, – I've been telling our, my, our son that this is one of the greatest sequels of all time and one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time, one of the greatest action films of all time. It is all of those things, and Ripley is one of the greatest characters mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, primarily, I would argue, because of this movie and what James Cameron does with her. So, And it's, it's also a fam- famously quoted, too. So, Aliens from 1986. What's your favorite female-led action film of all time? Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Charlize Theron as Imperator Furiosa. It's post-apocalyptic, my favorite thing. It's... Happening in Australia, seemingly. She's helping other women, specifically women who were uh, trapped into becoming breeders. Mm-hmm. 
uh, bearing children and they escape together and then they fight for a better world it's pretty fucking cool cinematography wise it's amazing and I love all of their performances and it's my favorite what's your favorite my favorite is that other film where James Cameron took a female character and (laughs) uh, made her a badass and that is the film you talked about Terminator 2 Judgment Day it is actually extraordinary when you think Sarah Connor, how much growth she has made and how much she has changed since the original Terminator film in 1984, where she's just this normal, like, young woman who's trying to, you know, she's got a waitressing job and, you know, she has a fun-loving roommate. And and all of a sudden, she's just thrown into this, this unbelievable scenario. And... She is a damsel for most of the first movie until until the situation requires her not to be, right? She gets the guff to to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Terminator 2 is like a completely she's like a 180 of that yeah, character, it's right? It's an amazing transformation. All that time she has accepted this reality and she's been preparing for it. She's been uh, accused of being insane. Because of this this very detailed reality she knows about that's coming. And she's not very polite about it, let's just say, you know? She's at her wit's end. But she's she's been, like, as you said, working out, training her body, preparing herself to deal with what is going to come. And she's a badass. And she's still, like protective she still is able to help protect her son and uh she's one of the greatest characters in cinema history because of that especially female characters and also of course this film is extraordinary with its action it's extraordinary with its makeup effects and visual effects and everything it's one of the greatest ever made and i love being able to show somebody this film for the first time because even though it was from 1991 it still holds up it still holds up better than most sci-fi films today. Mm-hmm. So it is my favorite female-led action movie. But what are your favorite female-led action movies? Feel, feel, feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. That's going to about do it for us in this episode of The Movie Lovers. Shanna, before we talk about the next episode, why don't you share with them where they can find you on the internet? So you can find me on Instagram at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography. And that's where I am. Awesome. So now Jeff will tell you all the places you can find him. <laughs> yes, we have actually a lot going on with the, the movie lovers and the Gibson Review. So definitely check out all of these things. You can go to GibsonReview.com to find not only all these episodes to be able to stream directly from the website, but find all past articles dating all the way back to, I think, 2009, if I'm not mistaken. You can also find the best of 2010 series of articles there, wherein I've been counting down the best of the decade, including best talent of the decade, which I'm wrapping up right now at time of recording. I should have just posted a few days before 
this episode posts the best directors of the decade. So be sure to check that out, gibsonreview.com. Also go to Facebook slash the Gibson Review to follow us on there. Keep apprised of everything coming up. But I'm also being really putting a lot of focus on the Instagram, the Gibson 99. You'll find on there in the Instagram stories, uh, daily polls on films. A lot of it is right now going back and seeing what you, the followers, think are the best of the decade in a variety of different ways. So feel free to interact and participate in that. And then, what am I forgetting? Follow the, um, the movie lovers on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. If you're able to leave a review, please do. Whatever you can do to help um, more movie lovers find us is wonderful of you. So thank you for that. The next episode. So the next episode of The Movie Lovers, we will be reviewing as our main event, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Freaking finally. I'm so excited. We are very excited, looking forward to that episode, but um, also, that review, I should say, but also, as such, Film Phase will be taking a look at our favorite mysteries. Will Agatha Christie make our list? What other mysteries out there will make our list? Hey, if you have recommendations, feel free to shoot us messages on Instagram, the Gibson 99 um, or Shanna Paxton Photography on Instagram, or even email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some thoughts and ideas so nothing slips through the cracks for that episode. But you can look for that episode on December 10th. And keep apprised of everything else coming up on the Gibson Review because it's going to get crazy as the end of the year approaches. We're looking at our schedule of how many movies we still need to see by the end of the year. And it's going to get a bit nutty. So do follow us on social media so you can stay in the loop. Until the next episode of The Movie Lovers, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying goodbye.